0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: College football today.
0: About four hours away from the start of Army and Navy, Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello Here at Fantasy Sports Radio Network and Television Network, we've partnered up over the last four months What a great organization it is, DKMS looking to delete blood cancer throughout the country, looking for blood donors. You've heard Rich and I speak about it. It's been a cause that's very close to both of our families. And, Rich, we have a great fantasy game where you have the opportunity to win Super Bowl tickets.
2: Yeah, I I lost my dad to leukemia. I've had, uh, you know, leukemia and blood cancer has touched my life throughout my life, and I know it has yours as well. And, And I love the fact that we're partnered up with DKMS You know, December, the holidays, it's the season of giving. Uh, You can give no better gift than to be a donor. You can save a life. And while you're doing it, you can also play fantasy football. You mentioned it. We have a free game week after week in the NFL. Win one of the weekly contests. You'll be put in a pool at the end of the year. Week 17 with an opportunity if you're victorious at the end of the season to actually cop Super Bowl tickets. So an absolute win-win. You get a chance to help out uh, your fellow man and play fantasy football at the same time.
0: And good news, you won't be seeing the Jets play in the Super Bowl so that's a win-win for everybody as a Dolphin fan. But if you do want to win Super Bowl tickets, join now at, D- at DKMS.org or go to dailyrodo.com backslash DKMS. That's dailyrodo.com backslash DKMS or go to rotoexperts.com backslash DKMS or call 844-843-6879. That's 844- 843 eight four three six eight seven nine join win and it's a win-win for everyone involved rich a lot of discussion has been talked about about expansion for college football because of the controversy ohio state being left out I don't want to see it. I do not want to see college football look like March Madness with a college basketball tournament where it's a diluted product. Regular season does not matter. If you don't want controversy, win all of your games. It's part of the sport. It's been around for years. 1990 split national championship, Colorado, Georgia Tech, 1997, Michigan and Nebraska. That's what it's all about. If you watch college football.
2: Well, I would be open to an eight-team playoff. I really would. I would stop it there. Now, that wouldn't be March Madness. We're not talking 68 teams here. If we went eight, five conference champions, I would like to include the best of the group of five, UCF this year, and then two at-large bids, I'd have no problem with it. What I would like to do. I'm not a big fan of the conference championships. I'd like to scrap that first weekend in December. I'd like to get rid of the conference championships entirely, replace them with an extra round of playoffs. Do we really need to see those repeat games? I mean, last weekend, Miami Clemson was a blowout. Oklahoma TCU was a blowout. Uh, You know, we got SEC Georgia over Auburn blowout. I'd like to see an extra round of playoffs. I think it's good football in December. I don't know. Then
0: once you go to 8, it becomes 10 and 12. Next thing you know, Team 15 and 16 are complaining. And next thing you know, you have 64 teams. When we come back, we'll be talking about the first week of the bowls. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonella live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Next week, game day, December 16th, kicks off the bowl schedule. We're going to preview some of the... Five games on next Saturday. Not yet into it in depth, but we're going to preview the New Orleans Bowl. It's an intriguing matchup, Rich. It's North Texas and Troy. North Texas did lose to FAU and Lane Kiffin in the conference championship. Troy did knock off Arkansas State last week. Two very good quarterbacks here. Mason Fine for North Texas. And you look at Brandon Silvers for Troy. I like the Mean Green, though. I like this matchup in the Dome. I think the, the, the passing offense of Mason Fine, 24 touchdown passes, gets it done over the, over Troy in this I, matchup. I
2: like Troy in this game because they're the more balanced team. They can run the ball with Jordan Chun. Far better defense. The reason why I have problems with North Texas, and we saw it in the Conference USA title game, they just don't have the players to make stops. And although Troy has been inconsistent, Silvers has been inconsistent this year under center, I think this is one of those games where, You know, Neil Brown, his offensive acumen the veteran leadership of Silvers, Jordan Chon in the backfield. I think they'll have a good offensive game. Both teams will score. Could be a shootout, but I like Troy in the matchup. Really? I, I think when you look at that matchup from a, a physicality perspective,
0: Troy did get the victory over LSU uh, yeah. on the road, yeah. but they failed to run the football consistently down the stretch. And when you look at Silvers' production this year, a tail-off from last year's dynamic 10-3 and season. So we'll see how it plays out. It is the first game on the docket next Saturday. Rich likes Troy, I like North Texas in that ball game. We'll move to game number two, another intriguing battle. It is Georgia State and Western Kentucky. I think this game's going to be a shootout overall when you look at both quarterbacks here, but I lean to Mike White and Western Kentucky. I mean, this is a prolific passing offense, and when you look at Jeff Brom's departure to Purdue, this team cannot run the football, yeah. and that's been the one MLO why Western
2: Kentucky's tailed off this year, but I think Western Kentucky Dominates this matchup Joe I expected more From Mike Sanford The new head coach At Western Kentucky I I thought it would be Plug and play Especially with Mike White Being back under center Hasn't happened You're right No balance on offense Too many turnovers Defensively they've been Just okay But I, I like Western Kentucky In this game Because they have the one unit That I can count on And that is the passing game I don't think it'll be a shootout Because Georgia State Just doesn't play in shootouts They don't have enough Offensive pop Connor Manning is fine Under center But not enough play. Playmakers outside of maybe Penny Hart at wide receiver. Western Kentucky has the passing game to succeed. I don't love this game because Western Kentucky has let me down too often this <laughs> season. But more offensive execution led by Mike White. Mike White is trying to make a run in front of NFL scouts. He wants I to play in the NFL and this is his last chance to showcase. Yeah,
0: he played at South Florida, moved on, had a dynamic uh, year last year with Jeff Brom. but they also had running back Anthony Wales. This is an offense in Western Kentucky, only average Averaging 66 rushing yards per game. They're passing for right in the area of 333 per game. And when you look at Georgia State overall, their weakness is in the secondary. They're giving up well over 230 passing yards per game. So that's why I think it could be a shootout. Plus, Georgia State, from an offensive standpoint with Manning, they still can move the football through the air. They're averaging around 272 yards through the air against opposing defenses. I think it's a high-scoring game, but Western Kentucky does win this ball game by... Double digits, 13 to 14 points. We'll move on to Oregon and Boise State. This is an intriguing matchup because now you see Willie Taggart move on to Florida State. Mario Cristobal will be there. In terms of an offensive perspective, Justin Herbert, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, should benefit from the extra bowl preparation. But I like Boise State here. I'm not a big fan of this team overall, but they impressed me with their victory over Fresno State
2: last week. Yeah, Joe, I like Oregon. Uh, I might have felt differently if there was uh, an unsettled situation at head coach, but it's put up or shut up time for the Ducks because you lobbied for Mario Cristobal. Now in Las Vegas is your opportunity to basically have his back. I mean, it's your first chance to show that this was the right hire. And I think these Oregon players are going to step up. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I know the line is up around seven. Seven and a half now. Yeah, it's a heavy number for Boise State, which plays pretty good defense. But Boise State has struggled offensively. I, you know, we don't say that that often. They haven't run the ball. Alexander Madison is not healthy. They're averaging less than four yards a carry. And Brett Ripon has been just okay sharing time with Montel Kozert. So I, I, I think Oregon... Justin Herbert is healthy. We've seen very different program when he's in the lineup. Six and one the Ducks are when Herbert is healthy and and under center and they're averaging close to 50 points a game. So the combination of Herbert, Plus, Royce Freeman in the backfield. They have some speed off the edge with linebacker Troy Dye and Jalen Jelks at defensive end. I think Oregon will play with something to prove. I see a double-digit victory. It won't be, you know, won't be a blowout, but I like Oregon to win in coverage. Do you? I yeah. think
0: I think Hozar could be the X factor. His mobility to put pressure on Oregon's defense on the perimeter. Boise State very good in turnover margin. Plus twelve in turnover margin heading into this ball game. Cedric Wilson, a big play wide receiver. I think the time off in in terms of preparation, will benefit Boise State more than Oregon, especially with the coaching change. Even though crystal Ball is on that coaching staff and understands the personnel to now take over the duties for this yeah. ball game, even though he's done it before, it is a transition. And I look at when you have a mobile quarterback like Cozart, you could utilize him in Wildcat type of formations. To me, that
2: could be the difference. He is a senior as well, so I expect his speed to be a difference. It should be the best game of the opening weekend. And I'm excited for all of these games. There's something to offer in Unique. each of these five Unique. games. Yeah, there, there's always a storyline, something to really monitor. This should be the most entertaining game of the first weekend. Well, it kicks off the season. We used to start out you know, day number one with
0: one or two bowls. Now yeah. we have a full slate, and that's what it's all about. Another intriguing battle is Marshall and Colorado State with Mike Bobo. Intriguing that Mike Bobo hasn't been mentioned for some of the bigger jobs, like Tennessee uh, in the SEC. But anyway, he's getting it done in Colorado Spring has a big play uh, quarterback in Nick Stevens, and I love Dawkins, the running back, along with Izzy Matthews and Michael Gallup at the wide receiver position, and Chase Linton for Marshall. Two great quarterbacks, very
2: intriguing matchup. But I give the edge to Bobo because of the offensive balance. Yeah, I agree. I, I like I, I like Colorado State, and I like the offensive balance that you mentioned. Michael Gallup. You know, a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award, maybe the best wide receiver in the country, certainly up there with James Washington. You talked about the running backs and Nick Stevens. Nick Stevens is a veteran quarterback, does a great job with his accuracy, third downs, red zone type offense. I'm a little surprised that Colorado State has struggled as much as they have this year because. Outstanding along the offensive line. They don't give up sacks. They're solid on third downs. They have the run-pass option with those backs and wide receivers, and yet they haven't broken through. The defense is average. The defense is not as good as Marshall's D. Marshall has an underrated defense this year, but beyond Chase Litton, no ability to run the ball for Marshall this season. I don't think they have enough diversity on offense to match Colorado State. The Rams have struggled this season. I think they put it all together and end the season with a big What impressed me about
0: Colorado State early on is they beat Oregon State uh, week number one. They opened up the new stadium. But if you watch that game against Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt on the road in Tuscaloosa, they were able to move the football. And if you haven't watched Dawkins, he's a a scat type of back. He's bigger, runs bigger than his size. He could run it between the tackles. And more importantly, he could catch the football out of the backfield. I'm telling you, watch that Alabama tape of Dawkins. He's a thousand-yard rusher. Izzy Matthews is more of a Ryan Matthews type of built he's the grounder and pounder between the tackles but Dawkins is an elite back in my in my opinion that could play on the next level
2: yeah Colorado State needs this game too when you look historically uh, the Rams have lost three straight bowl games they'd like to break through in the postseason get a victory send those seniors off with a win Marshall conversely has won four straight bowl games so it would buck recent history, but I like Colorado State. Yeah,
0: Doc Holliday doing a fantastic job with the Thundering Herd. Uh, Another intriguing battle. It is Middle Tennessee State. It is Arkansas State. I like Justin Hansen here for, Justice Hansen for Arkansas State. A dynamic quarterback. This is a blue-collar team in in the Red Wolves that did knock off Nebraska in Memorial Stadium. More of a finesse type of team in Middle Tennessee State, but I think the Red Wolves get it done by double digits.
2: Yeah, you and I are in agreement. That that would be arguably my best bet of Saturday would be Arkansas State I I, I think they're a significantly better team than Middle Tennessee State they have the best offensive player in the Sun Belt in Hanson behind center 35 touchdown passes this year they have the best defensive player in Javon Rollin-Jones who has 13 sacks so they're good on both sides of the ball Middle Tennessee State Joe just hasn't been the same since losing Richie James. Dynamic wide receiver, really made that offensive go. They used him in jet sweeps. He was able to stretch defenses. Without Richie James on the outside, Brent Stockstill, the quarterback, has been just mediocre. That offense has not recovered. Ty Lee, the wide receiver, has done a good job in place of Richie James, but Middle Tennessee has been very inconsistent in among bowl teams, Joe. No one is worse in turnover margin than the Blue Raiders. I think that hurts them against Arkansas yeah, State. Yeah, if
0: you can't force turnovers in bowl games, you're not going to win. Stockstill was hurt much of the year. Urza, uh the backup, did play well adequately, but didn't put up the type of numbers that Stockstill did last year. Uh, my best pick for for the early bowls is Western Kentucky. I, I think the explosive offense of Mike White is the difference. I look for Western Kentucky. That's my best pick next weekend. When we come back we'll be talking to former Alabama defensive back George Teague Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34 843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. When you think of Alabama, you think back to Alabama, Miami, that classic game in the Sugar Bowl. Alabama did sneak into the college football playoff, but if you want the info on Nick Saban and the crew, you get a big-time player from Tuscaloosa. He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line, former Alabama defensive back and NFL defensive back, George Teague. George, how are you today?
3: Man, I am doing great. Uh, Get to do what I like to do. Still get to be around football a lot, so, you know, no complaints. George, I want to get your
0: thoughts about Nick Saban and Alabama making the college football playoff over Ohio State. A lot of controversy. I don't have a problem with with it, but give me your thoughts about uh, the, the process and the committee's decision last weekend.
3: I, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a big roll tide guy, but I think it was the right um, choice uh, by the committee. You know, when you look at. um all of it, the the full picture. Um, and as much as many people have talked about how important that loss Ohio State had to, to Iowa, um, you know, I think that was a big piece. When you lose that big to an unranked team, it's kind of hard to to forget that. Um, you know, playing Alabama playing Auburn, a, a, a rivalry game, um, few injuries and that kind of stuff. I think like it just came out to you know to Alabama being the better football team um, at this point.
2: George, uh, forgetting for a moment what Vegas thinks in terms of point spreads, I still think of Alabama as the underdog, being the number four seed versus the defending champion Clemson. Can, is it possible for Nick Saban to spend the next month convincing his kids that? You know, you're an underdog. You have something to prove. Some people didn't think you belonged in this game. Is that a is that a pitch that he can make throughout the month of December?
3: No, actually, I don't think he's going to have to make it. I think um, as a player, you kind of see that when you're on the fence and maybe you feel like you're not getting the the credit uh, deserved. I can remember that '92 when we went in as number two and didn't care about being the number two. It was just all the talk of that you can't really can't beat them or you. You know, you're not supposed to be there. So, as a, an athlete, you kind of get um, self-motivated with that. So, I think the guys are going to be that way. I think um, what Saban is going to really key in on is going to be about the mental preparation of of the game. How does he, um, you know, have the mindset to go in and hey, this is a huge, <laughs> you know, game to get to the next one. Um, so... um I think that's where he'll
0: go um, with it. George, when you look at Alabama's defense last year, guys like Tim Williams, Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, Eddie Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, all moving on to the NFL, and uh, they had a reload like they do each and every year, not the same statistical defense that we've seen in years past, but what have you seen out of this group heading into the semifinal playoff game against Clemson that really uh, has you intrigued about this battle with with the Clemson Tigers?
3: Yeah, it's going to be a, a battle, but I think that, you know, the strength that we have in our secondary, um, you know, having, uh, Fitzpatrick, um, you know, just being the guy that he is can be all over the field. Um, and I, I don't think we talk enough about, uh, Ronnie Harrison, um, and how physical they are to be able to make some big plays back there. Um, you know, when you put all of that together, our defense is still going to, um, stand strong, and they're going to have some tests because uh, Dabo and his crew are are good, um, but you know, I, I think it's still going to come down to the defenses. Um, Calvin Ridley, you, you know, he's going to have to get involved even more. I think uh, that, you know, they'll take this next month trying to really figure out a way how to get the big explosive plays that we're going to need um, while controlling. You know, the running game, got Scarborough and David Harris, and I mean, we got to lean on our strengths we got to be able to run the ball control it take our shots when needed and play pretty good defense and i think you know we can come out um with a win in a close in a close game
2: george i i think you're a perfect person to ask this question to as a former defensive back i marvel at the versatility of minka fitzpatrick you touched on him briefly uh, can, can you tell our audience why it's so impressive that a young man can play so many different positions in the secondary and play those positions well
3: man it it, it is um, it is a, extremely hard to do what he's doing there are very few people can do that um you know to be able to basically be a linebacker kind of reminds me of one of the guys I played with his name was Darren Woodson. uh <laughs> He, you know, can play inside when he's fast enough and agile enough to play uh, on the slot. uh, Can move back to the safety, you know, built like a linebacker. Just kind of freakish, man. Uh, When you're able to do that to run and hit and smart and have the ball skills, um, you know, having a guy like that um, creates problems for offenses because you always have to know who he is um, and understand that he is a playmaking machine. So you got to figure out how to get away from him. And and they do a good job moving him around. Um, So uh, I'm looking forward to continuing watching him. I'm looking forward to him being that top-ten pick (laughs) as a defensive back and, uh, you know, continue our legacy of players getting in the league. George, when you
0: look at Jalen Hurts heading into this matchup now, I mean, he's a battle-tested quarterback, played last year in the national championship game against the Clemson Tigers. So he understands what to expect in this matchup. So you would have to give the edge to Alabama from a quarterback perspective in terms of big game experience. But what have you seen out of Jalen Hurts this season in terms of his progression? Because in terms of taking the next step as a pocket passer, we haven't seen that.
3: No, his composure is, he's always had it. It just seems like his confidence level is even more. A lot of people say, well, you know, he's not, um, uh, what do you say, flashy and all that kind of stuff. And he doesn't have to be because he doesn't make mistakes. He's uh, consistent. He can run the ball. He's a dual threat guy that we we need and want. Um, And so I think having that, I haven't been there. Have I already been successful? Have actually uh, been in games like this is definitely going to give us an advantage when the guys at the helm here, where the lights aren't going to be too bright, um, and he knows what kind of pressure he's going to have to have, and he'll rise because you know his last game they didn't look. The whole team didn't look that good against um, Auburn, um, so I think they're all going to want to bounce back, uh, and that's going to start with uh, Jalen uh, at the helm.
2: George, December and January are so interesting. I, I asked this of Terry Bowden in the first hour of the show. What What are some of the unique challenges that you remember of preparing for a bowl game? It's so different than the regular season. Some schools do it well, others don't. But what are some of the hurdles that players at any school can look uh, look toward this month?
3: You know what? The, the hardest part from a player's standpoint is when you're going into games like this, all the students are gone. You've got it up there on campus by yourself. Um, you know, when they leave and you're trying to prepare uh, for a game and then you're going to have to travel and be away from your family, um, you know, over the holidays. So there's a lot of other um, little things that a lot of people don't think about. They just think about us playing in the game, but there's a whole lot of you know, opportunities that the kids have. So the players are, you know, you know, wanting to have a little bit of time with the family, but you're spending so much time um, preparing. So, you know, from coaches, you have to do all that you can and say, okay, how how do we still stay at the high level football while letting these guys still be, you know, young men um, and see their their folks? Um, how do you create that atmosphere? So um, that comes from the administration from Saban and the other guys saying, hey, we got – business to take care of. When you play on January the 1st and, you know, people are wanting to do different things for uh, New Year's Eve, man, we got to stay focused. Can't have no mistakes. we got to be ready to go. Um, So it's just critical on that part. George, great
0: insight and information. We'd love to get you on as we inch closer to the semifinal uh, playoff game between Alabama and Clemson. We hope you enjoyed it today.
3: Man, I appreciate it. Thank you for... uh, reaching out to me. I look forward to being on again.
0: Former Alabama defensive back, one of the most memorable Sugar Bowl plays in, in college football history former Dallas Cowboy as the well. Big six, yeah. I mean, you, you, you hear the intensity. Yeah. I mean, I, I did want to ask him if he thought the SEC was still the, the elite conference. We didn't get a chance to ask him, but you can hear it. I mean, and in terms of big game experience, you have to give the edge
2: to Jalen Hurts, even though from a numbers perspective, mm. isn't lighting it up. Yeah, he's he's played in these types of games before. Kelly Bryant has not. It'll be interesting to see if Jalen Hurts could rise to the occasion and you know, I love getting the perspective because uh, George is right. I mean, there there are other factors involved with breaking down a bowl game that don't exist in september and october you know a lot of these kids are not only physically beat up but there's a mental side of this as well they're thinking about the holidays some are thinking about the nfl draft so it really falls on the on the shoulders of the leadership team the coaches the assistant coaches to have these kids prepared and focused one more time, whether it's a playoff game or whether it's a bowl game in December.
0: Yeah, I can tell you this. The, the four teams that are playing in the college football playoff aren't thinking about the NFL draft right now. They want to win a national championship. But you're right. I mean, I think the one thing that you can't factor in is mindset. Where is the emotional aspect of these kids? Because some of them, even though Kelly Bryant's a junior, he wasn't the guy. Jalen Hurts was the guy last year and and he understands preparation, how to prepare. So whatever he did differently, maybe last year or or his approach, he might take a different aspect and learn from those mistakes where
2: Kelly Bryant going in, we don't know what to expect. Did O'Brien Dable too? Because this is his first opportunity. Correct. The offensive coordinator of Alabama. This is his first opportunity to prepare for the Clemson defense and to prepare for a championship atmosphere. It, it was Steve
0: Sarkisian's first game as well when he took over for Lane Kiffin last year, and they struggled in third down conversions, converting. Two of 15 attempts against the Clemson defense. So we'll see if it changes in 2017 when we come back. We'll be joined by Gabe Morenci. We'll get his pick for Army, Navy, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions. Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Army Navy set to kick off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. You want to get your best bet for the game, you get on Game Time Decisions host, Gabe morenzi He's locked, loaded, and ready for the 330 battle. Gabe, I love Army, and more importantly, I love the over in this matchup. How do you see it playing out?
1: Well, you're going to be uh, your contrarian here as far as the over is concerned. 11 straight games, guys. 11 straight games between these two uh, football teams have uh, gone under... Uh, the number, it's an incredible street. Generally, when military academy teams play against each other, it's a blind under for the most uh, part. You know, they, they run the football uh, so much, the clock just keeps ticking. But I'll tell you what, this total opened up in the 51.5 range or so. It was quickly bet down to uh, 46, 46 and a half. People are seeing the snow right now, and it's been bet down to 45. And I'm with you, Joe Lisi, on this one listen twenty-four, twenty-one gets us there uh, it gets us a push at least now we should note the last two years uh, this football game has had identical scores 21 17 okay so they both know each other's systems that they want to run I like I, I think it's gonna get there I think it's gonna creep just over the number I think we're looking at a 27 24 uh, football game I think it's gonna get to what the original number was the snow doesn't mean anything the snow just makes it funner to watch on tv uh, this isn't going to affect either offense uh, but i like the side better in this football game we all know uh, that army beat navy for the first time in 14 years uh, last year what not a lot of people don't know is this is the only the third time since 1978 that the commander in chief trophy is on the line in the storied rivalry football game um, army haven't won the commander-in-chief trophy since 1996 they win this game they win the commander-in-chief trophy they win their bowl game that's a 10-win season for a football team that two years ago started the year being one in 24 in their last 25 road games okay it's incredible the turnaround of this program I'm looking at the quarterbacks very similar programs i right, army have a good defense okay you know, I've heard people on Army, they didn't play anyone. I don't know. They held Duke to 16 points. They played Ohio State. Oh. Ohio State scored 38 points on them. Yes, North Texas hung 52 on them. It was a track meet. It was also the third time that North Texas had played uh, Army in the last calendar year. They play as much as Willie uh, Taggart changes jobs. Um, so, you know, this is a good Army defense. They're freaking tenacious, man, okay? They get after it. You know, oh, what a shock that a military team is tenacious. These kids want it. Forget about, oh, they, they beat him last year. It's revenge for Navy. You know, to me, I'm a big Ahmad Bradshaw, Bradshaw fan. I don't think this kid gets the love uh, that he deserves. The kid's a warrior, literally and figuratively. He'll get you that first down, man. He'll sacrifice his body. I like the quarterback uh, better. No offense to Zach Abbey. The kid's been, been playing through a ton of pain all year long. Uh, but I think that Ahmad Bradshaw just sort of puts the icing on, on the cake uh, here. They beat Navy again, and they win the Commander-in-Chief trophy, guys.
2: Gabe, it's the holiday season. I'd like to talk about your Christmas list. Uh, does it include a jersey in Michigan colors of Shea Patterson? Is that uh, something you'd like to be getting by December twenty
1: fifth? You know what? It really would be. I'm not. I'm not going. I wouldn't mind a Buffalo Bill playoff appearance, uh, Rich. If you're granting wishes here, you know. I'm just stating. But ooh, that, that would be pretty nice. That's the missing key, isn't it? Hardball's knocked it out of the park. I don't understand whether it's is it loyalty? I liked Wilton Spate coming into the year. I did. I you know he was managing the game, he was smart, he's a big kid. I think that I think that Coach Harbaugh saw a lot of himself. And when I say a lot of college coaches are charlatans, I don't I don't include Harbaugh as one of those guys. I think Harbaugh's a good guy that really does care about the kids. Um, I think he was loyal to a fault to Wilton Spate. I think, you know, O'Corn I think they realize maybe he's not as good as they were hoping or they thought, you know, were they a little bit too slow to get to Peters? You know, we got Dylan McCaffrey waiting in the wings right now, but life's about competition. If they can bring Patterson in, uh, they absolutely positively have to do it.
0: Gabe, when you look at bowl games for the year, I mean, we know we've spoken about it. My favorite bowl is the Sun Bowl each and every year. I also like this pinstripe bowl matchup. And I also like the San Diego State versus Army. I want to see which team could dictate tempo, two blue-collar teams. But which bowl games are you looking at as your favorite 2017 bowls?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you say the Sun Bowl. I'm not uh, you know I know people it's hard to believe but I used to be crazier and wilder when I was younger okay (laughs) so uh, you know in the old days guys I used to start drinking New Year's Eve for the Sun Bowl that was like my official for years annually that was my deal it was New Year's Eve and you know what the Sun Bowl used to kick off at 2 30 Eastern and I'd say you know what it's okay it's New Year's Eve I'm gonna have a couple of drinks and enjoy this Sun Bowl I love the Sun Bowl. Always been a big Sun Bowl guy. Uh, but to me, the best non-playoff game, and I like both underdogs in the playoffs, but we'll have, we'll have time to get to that. To me, the best non-playoff game uh, is the Ohio State-USC uh, football game. Uh, you know, To me, you know, two legendary programs, Pac-12 uh, versus Big Ten, and really, we don't really get a lot of USC in uh, Ohio State matchups. I think USC are going to beat them. I think we got a great live dog here at that uh, plus seven i'm also looking forward to the uh the washington husky penn state football game you know it, it, interesting contrast of styles i like the, the the battle of conferences but i will tell you as a whole guys i find that the bowl season's a little flat and i don't like the the conference affiliations look i'm a michigan fan i i'm tired of playing south carolina in the outback bowl Oh, you know, big, you know, and not because oh, because Clowney made the play, right, Maransea? No, you know, you know, it was talking. Oh, big Big 10 4 versus SEC four. It's like, oh God, really? So we get the same matchups, just convoluted every year. Let's mix it up, you know. And, and to me, the biggest crime of all of this is Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic are a 10-win football team. Can, you know, I think we can say right now they're a better team than they were at the start of the year when they played Navy. I think Florida Atlantic, I'm not saying Florida Atlantic could compete with Alabama for 60 minutes, but I think it's safe to say Florida Atlantic could hold their own with any power five team. And, and let's, wouldn't you like to see a TCU versus a Florida Atlantic? Yeah. You know, like Florida Atlantic's playing Akron. How is that good for anybody? It's not good for the kids on Akron and Bowden's a, you know, Bowden's a great guy, coach a friend of the program, done a hell of a job. Uh, what is it? How is this a reward to go to Boca Raton and lose 62 to 21? And how is this a reward, and how are you testing your skills if you're FAU at the end of a great year by playing a team that you're going to be far superior against on your home freaking field? Like, you know, it's come on. You know, you're doing a disservice to everybody here, I think. You know, you're know, you doing a disservice to the kids on FAU. FAU should be playing against a good team, a big-time team, and a big bowl game. Kids on Akron should be playing at a bowl game against a team that they're on an even keel with so they don't know that hey we're going to a bowl game and we're going to lose by 37. You know the point spread 22. I don't want to pick on Akron here but it's one of my best bets. I don't know if you guys know this but Lane Kiffin's not afraid to run the score up guys. <laughs> All right you know I'm going to be laying the 22 in this. Um, I like Fresno State. I think Fresno State you know it, we, we look at enthusiasm going into these bowl games. Where's the program at? Are they trending upwards? Are they trending downwards? So what were their expectations coming into the year? I think Fresno State are going to be really fired up. And this is an angle that I like. And I like playing this in bowl games, the Hawaii Bowl specifically. Teams that play against Hawaii every second year in Hawaii, guys, they're not impressed by going to Hawaii. It's sort of like San Diego State in a regular season. They went to Hawaii. It was a business trip. They pasted them. Why? Teams in San Diego see hot chicks all the time. They grew up around palm trees ocean no big deal there's an ocean yeah there's an ocean 10 minutes from our practice facility um they're not phased by this and similar situation fresno the kids from fresno they play in hawaii so the kids you know on fresno they're going to hawaii it's not a vacation they've been there before they, they grew up in the sun they're not overwhelmed by this sort of sim- similar situation with houston but this isn't the best houston cougar football team i think fresno uh is is a more enthusiastic team and I like West Virginia plus uh, the seven, but my best bull bet is actually the USC Trojans on the money line. Give me the seven points. They're going to win this game outright. Uh, but, guys, we leave no stone unturned. And we had a heck of a football game last night, guys, with the James Madison Dukes riding a 24-game consecutive win streak. Man, you know, they were on thin ice late in that football game, but champions find ways to win football games. And that's what the Dukes did last night. Love the FCS uh, playoffs. And uh, we got North Dakota State uh, kicking off in a couple of minutes against Wofford. And, you know, one thing I find about the FCS playoffs, and I'm not going to profess to be an FCS expert, but I know more about it than the casual guy. But one thing is people will sort of blindly bet on the favorite. They're going to see, oh, my God, North Dakota State. Oh, I know North Dakota State. And then they bet on them. So you get these monster point spreads. And, yes, it's true. You know, North Dakota State are the kingpins of FCS, uh, but it doesn't mean they cover the point spread every game. They might win, but I tell you what, we're getting 20 and a half points. So, uh, with a dangerous Wofford team, that can move the ball uh, a little bit. It doesn't take much. All we need is a touchdown or two, and I think we can cover the number uh, here. Um, I think I think the uh, the over 44 and a half is worth a look in this football game. But conversely, in the next game here, I think South Dakota State, man, these guys are going to pound uh, New Hampshire. I think New Hampshire are in over their heads. So. We're going to take the 20 points with Wolford. We're going to go over to 44-and-a-half there, and then we're going to lay the points for the Jackrabbits. Let's lay the 18-and-a-half against New Hampshire.
0: Gabe, let the winners be yours today. You're the champion. We'll have you on next week talking about some of the major bowls for the upcoming season.
1: I can't wait, guys. Full slate next week. And how about that Vegas Bowl? It's going to be a fun
0: one. Uh, one of the best matchups last yep. year. San Diego State and Danell Pumphrey knocked off I Greg Ward Jr. Matchup. and yep. Major Applewhite. So that's a very intriguing matchup. I game can't wait. as
2: hot as a pistol, whether it's FBS or FCS.
0: Well, we'll it see. I matter. didn't watch that uh, James Madison game last uh, last night. I was uh, delving into some of the Heisman statistics here. do did want to ask him about Rashad Penny because I know he's, yeah. uh, he's a big, a big San Diego State guy. <laughs> yeah. So I did, I did speak to Marshall. Falk, though, Tuesday night. Marshall Falk did say that the Heisman Trophy has become a joke. It's for the best player on the best team. So uh, that's coming from one of the greats in the game, not just at the collegiate level, but the NFL level. When we come back, we'll be wrapping it up. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Best pick time, only one game on the slate until we kick off the bowl season next Saturday. Rich, I'm all over Ahmad Bradshaw. He's rushed for 1,400 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, and I really like this Army defense that does have 24 total sacks, plus 4 in turnover margin. This is an Army team that has rushed for over 200 yards in every game. I think they get it done 30-20 to 20 over the midshipmen 330 today.
2: Yeah, I don't think Army uh, gets a two-game winning streak in this historic rivalry. I'm going to take Navy. I like the fact that their quarterback, Zach Aby, is finally healthy. Combine him with Malcolm Perry out of the backfield. You'll see a running game out of Navy that can rival Army. These are two very similar teams, little separation. I think it'll be close throughout. I think it'll come down to the final stages. But I'm going to take Navy just by a sliver. I'll say 28 to 24. You could tell by the margin of victory. I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in this, in this game because it'll be close. I could see why you would want to take the points. But I think after winning 14 straight and losing last year, I think Navy gets back on the winning skid.
0: I think it's high scoring. That's my best play of the day over uh, either team. I think it will be high scoring. I could see this game right at 50, and that would take it over the number of 45. So we'll see how it plays out. I think weather is not a factor. I think it could aid for turnovers, and when you look at teams getting a short field and the ability to run the football, that's where I could see points being scored. So we'll see how both teams play this matchup. But be I, a it, great it's game. it's, it's it's much watched uh, yeah. t- television. Yeah. You have to watch the game. It's a, from just pageantry, tradition, commander-in-chief. And just to see a school spirit at its best, this is what it's all about. And
2: I like the fact that outside of the F- FCS playoffs, I like the fact that it stands alone. Yes. This is this is a chance for us to pause as college football fans and analysts and really focus on Army-Navy before digging in with, uh, with both feet into the college bowl season sure. next Saturday. And
0: then 8 o'clock tonight, the Heisman Trophy, we... B- it would be a shock, I think, in Vegas, uh, it would send repercussions throughout the college football world if Baker Mayfield doesn't, in fact, win the Heisman Trophy. There is some negativity on the outside in terms of off the field issues surrounding Mayfield, but can't argue with, with his season this year. 71% completion percentage, 4,340 yards, 41 passing touchdowns, uh, him, Lamar Jackson and Bryce Love will all be present, but the the off-the-field issue of Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny not being there, bigger news than who
2: wins the Heisman. Well, and to that point, what I always like to look at, especially a year like this where we anticipate it'll be Baker Mayfield, the only question mark is... Is it the largest margin of victory ever for the Heisman? That's something I'm looking at. But I like to look at the top 10. I like to see what names pop up. Will we see a Mackenzie Milton from UCF? Will he be eighth or ninth? Because even in that, if you have a top 10 finish, I think there's some, you know, some real admiration for those types of players. I think it's an accomplishment to do that. Who comes in second, too? Is it Bryce Love or Lamar Jackson? Can Lamar Jackson finish second after winning the award last year? But at the end of the day, this is Baker Mayfield's night, and uh, we'll all be watching his speech right around 9 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, without a doubt. I want to see if Drew Locke is on there. I mean, he led FBS in touchdown
0: passes with 43, and they did win six straight to end the year. I mean, this is a hot quarterback. You look at Rashad Penny, 2,027 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns. Where is he? He, Is he over Saquon Barkley That's a good is, question. Is, there, yeah. is a
2: concern. I want to see how that plays I, out. I think it's Barkley fourth. I think it's Love second, Lamar third, Barkley fourth, Penny fifth. Only because of name recognition. We, you know, there was a time during the season where Saquon Barkley it looked like a, it looked like a fade to complete. I mean, people were like, "Give him the award." Well,
0: he had the right? kickoff return against Indiana, in ninety eight yards. He had the kickoff the return, game. the kickoff return to start against Ohio State. Yeah. So he had his Heisman moments, and I think uh, people look at Rashad Penny as being a product of the system. not so he will be a dynamic nfl running back when we stay with us every saturday we'll be here next saturday breaking down bowl week number one joe lisi and ritz sermonello enjoy the game have a great weekend everyone